And you are listening to The Breakfast Show. The Breakfast Show. The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. We have come into the second hour of our show. It is currently 8.04 a.m. on a beautiful sunny Tuesday morning here in Newcastle, which we are amazingly excited about because sun has been a rare occurrence recently, right, Hannah? Yes. Oh, this is such a good weather today. Oh, it has been raining a lot mm-hmm. these days, but yeah, whenever we see the sun, we're like, yay! We're praising God. Yeah, praising it's, God. it's definitely a blessing uh, to uh, for us here in uh, New- Newcastle. And in fact, we've had some text messages come through. Uh, we'll get into the text message a little bit later, but just one, we had uh, one of the people who goes to our church, the Newcastle University Adventist mm-hmm. Church, her name is Johanna. We love Johanna. Oh, Johanna. And she texts us like, Lawson, Hannah, and Maureen on The Breakfast Show. It's the Newcastle <laughs> Uni takeover. Yay. So guys, ultimately, that's the promise. Uh, if you come to our church at Newcastle Uni, then, you know, eventually you could work your way up into being <laughs> on radio. Or maybe I'll just lead on you for favours of, and those favours are coming in and helping us with the radio. But Hannah, let's get into our fourth clue for the quiz. Okay, fourth one? Yes. Okay, uh, the fourth one is, after being dead for four days, I was raised by Jesus. Okay, so there was very few people who that happened to. Yes. Very, very few. Uh, only only a couple. Only, mm. you know, uh, a group of people you could hold within a handful. Uh, but if you know who that is, you can give us a call at 0491-064-669 and you will be able to win, go in the draw to win our amazing prize this week, which is the Earthy Canvas Vegan Cookbook by Faye Kazzy. Now, this book is amazing. It's written by Dr. Kazzy. It's just full of incredible, amazing plant-based meals and foods, everything from burgers (laughs) and, you know, pasta, dessert. We made a vegan cookbook once, Hannah. Oh, uh, it, I don't know if we can yeah, say we right. made it. We, we made a vegan cookbook, uh, but it has nine recipes. Uh, this book has hundreds of recipes in it, and it is fantastic. This is the contents right here. Recipe creation, resorts and methods, breakfast, entrees, soup and stews, salads, sandwiches and burgers, appetizers and sides, desserts, smoothies and drinks. Whoa. If you want to be able to make vegan, uh, tasty healthy, amazing versions of all of those things. Give us a call, 0491-064-669, and answer the quiz correctly. If you answer every single day correctly, you have the most chance of winning because it is a draw. But again, can you read that fourth question for us? After being dead for four days, I was raised by Jesus. All right, 0491-064-669. Now let's just get into some text messages before we... Continue on. Uh, we have one here about the religious discrimination bill. This is the reason that we should have a separation of church and state. It doesn't matter who you vote for. You are voting for a party. Uh, you are voting for a party that it's involved in church-state issues. Two of the parties are totally anti-Christian. God, uh, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and give unto God what is God's. And I can agree with this sentiment. Um, ultimately, we don't want spiritual figures running our country. Uh, we don't want, like, we don't want a, a, a pastor to be, or the head of a church organization to also be the prime minister. Mm. But does 
Firstly, do people in politics have the right to have their own religion? And the answer is yes, whether yes. it is Christian, whether mm. it is Muslim, whether it is Buddhist, whatever it may be, if you want to represent our country, you have the right to also be religious at That's the same right. time. Um, and the second question is, as it's brought up here in this text message, you know, when it comes to church-state issues, 100% church and state should be separated. But do we ha- also need to put protections for religion um, or remove protections for religion? If we d- deem a religion religion to truly be terrible and awful should there be uh or a people group or whatever it may be should there be certain sanctions put against them you know when it crosses the bridge from freedom of speech to harmful acts and you know we talk about how like for example like white supremacist groups uh are illegal in the united states uh you're not allowed to like spread racist propaganda and i'm like oh that is a good use of the law Mm. to to quell groups that are actually doing something harmful um but on the other hand then you you know you have the right to protect groups that are doing good things and i think groups people groups have the right to be protected by their government and so i do believe this legislation is important Mm. do you think so Hannah? yeah i think so too yeah so we we have the right to be protected as Christians by law and by legislation, and that is what they're attempting to do. But I do agree with the sentiment here. It's like two parties are totally anti-Christian. You know, ultimately, people are trying to win votes. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say which party is which. You have the right to go and to research, and as we did on the show, mm. giving you the conclusion of the research of what are the different parties' opinion on the bill. And based on your views and your opinion, you have the right to vote. We're not going to suggest or tell you who you should vote for, but we will tell you where God is leading um, and how God is working in this specific area and which parties are in favor of protecting God's people and, and protecting Christian ideals and which parties aren't. That's what we're attempting to do. So that's up to you to make that decision. Uh, also a text message here. Our prayers go out to Shell and Sharissa, who are both down with COVID. Mm. Wish them a speedy recovery. Yes, yeah, so that's right. Producer Shell, also Sharissa from the Looking Up show. We just had a uh, we just had a, an ad for the Looking Up show with Danny and Sharissa. Uh, unfortunately, they are both down with COVID, so we pray for them at this time. Yes. And also here, one more text message. For those of us who have been around uh, a longer time than others, will soon realize that politics cannot be trusted. Politicians cannot be trusted. Sorry. For even when they enter politics with the right intentions, they soon realize that something bigger controls the politics. And again, this is this is true. This is just a point that I made, which mm. is ultimately politicians are out to win votes. Yeah. There are politicians with good intentions, mm. um, but a true politician, a, a true, true politician is a person who is in it for the people. But a real politician are people who are in it for the bo- votes. Yeah. And uh, the majority of them are in that position. And so we have to do our best in finding, okay, well, we can vote for someone yeah. who represents us. Let's find who it is. Mm. Uh, that is our right. But enough about politics. We are going to get into the Bible. Oh, exciting. Praise the Lord, Amen. right? <laughs> Amen. We are going to talk about the Bible. And you have been following along, Hannah, with our Bible study because I know you, you have been because you were here yesterday. That's right. I, I- was listening. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> and who did we talk about yesterday? Abraham. Okay, we talked about Abraham, uh, specifically in his time. He right now he is not Abraham, but he is Abram. Ab- Abram. Abram. Yeah. Abram. Yes. Abram. Oh, that's, <laughs> no, that's how fine. You say. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but he is Abram. He has just been called to leave Ur of the Chaldees, one of the most advanced metropolises on earth, um, to head out 
into the wilderness. Mm. Um, and we went over the promises a little bit yesterday. If you've got your Bible open, yeah. um, we can go to Genesis chapter 12. We covered the different promises that God had promised to Abraham, the different things that he would do for him. Um, but in verses 2 to 3, uh, can you highlight for us, Hannah, some of the promises that uh, God gives to Abraham? Yes. Should I read this? Yeah, read verse 2 and 3. Okay. It says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. Um, All the famines on the earth will be blessed um, through you. Now, yesterday we talked. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. All the families. Awesome. Yeah. Now, we talked yesterday about these promises specifically. Mm. We highlighted that probably the, the most amazing promise in this is that Abraham would be a blessing to the whole world. That's right. And how the previous promises would enable him to be able to do mm-hmm. that. So what are those previous promises? What are some of the things that God promises to Abraham here in this text? Like, you know, as we read verse 2 and 3, what are the things that he... Uh, some of the promises that he gives to Abraham. Yeah, he said that um, I will make you into a great nation, bless you and make uh, make you famous. Mm. Will make, will be a blessing to others, will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. That's, mm. that's a big claim. Yeah, that's right. Mm. So he's going to bless him with land. Yeah. He's going to bless him with descendants. descendants. Yeah. He's going to bless him with a great name that is famous among the nations. That's right. Um, He is going to bless those who bless him. So anyone who collaborates with his mission Mm -hmm. will be blessed. Um, But anyone who tries to go against him, he will also be protected as well. This is is God's promise Mm. to Abraham that these are the things that would ultimately lead to. These promises would be the foundation for Abraham being enabled to be a blessing to the entire world. Now we see what does Abraham do? Let's read from verse 4 to verse 6. Yeah. The Bible says, So Abram, our Abram, (laughs) departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran, and beheaded for the land of Canaan. When when they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. That uh, there, you're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. There he set up camp beside the oak at Moreh. Uh, at the time, he the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Awesome. Okay, mm. thank you. That was a pretty lengthy text. Thank you for reading that for us, Hannah. You really showed off your multilingual sk- skills <laughs> reading in English. Um, okay, so what happens from here? You know, they, he gets promised all these things, and then what does Abraham do? Yes, he departed, as God said, mm-hmm. and... Yeah, it's surprising. He was like 75 years old, right? But he's basically leaving his land. That's right. And Mm. we talked about this last week. Like this is a guy who is in retirement age, Mm. living in one of the most advanced metropolises in the world. He has, it says here, uh, he, he takes his wife. Yep. Which is you know good for him. He's married. Yep. He takes Lot, yep. his his brother's son, his nephew, mm-hmm. um, and you know there's no real clear reason here given why he takes Lot, but maybe you know he needs someone to to help him out. And yeah, it seems like this guy Abraham already mm. Abram is someone who is relatively honoured 
and relatively wealthy. Mm -hmm. um, because then it says it takes all his livestock. You know, it could say, oh, he took his five sheep mm -hmm. or his two goats or his three cows, but it says all his livestock. So this yeah. is a man who owns multiple livestock, and then it says everyone in his house. Mm -hmm. So his servants as well. Yeah. So this is a guy who can afford servants, who can afford livestock, who's taking his nephew with him, yeah. um, who could have potentially been probably his business partner mm. as well, looking after his livestock. That's true. Um, and then finally his wife. Yeah. He gathers up all these people and they head. They go yes. to where God is calling them. Now, they uh, go on a bit of a journey. Mm -hmm. They go on a bit of a trip. They pass Shechem. And then they ultimately end up, where, where do they finish their journey? Uh, according to verse 6. Six. Yeah. Um, Shechem? So they go past Shechem, and oh, then Shechem. where do they come to? Oh, um, more... So, yeah, they go as far as the Terebinth tree and Moray. Sorry, these names are really hard, Hannah. Um, but finally it says that they come to the land of Canaan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, where mm. the Canaanites dwell. Um, now, Canaan mm. uh, is a name that we heard a couple of chapters ago, one of the sons of... Of one of one of the sons of one of the sons of Noah. So Canaan is Ham's son. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually a curse is pronounced upon Canaan and upon his descendants um, because of the actions of his father Ham. Yeah, unfortunately. And now Abraham, a person who God is calling, you know, maybe a thousand years later or so, mm. uh, one thousand five hundred years later. I think no, sorry, it was, was four hundred and seventy years later. Um, he rocks up in the land of Canaan. Yeah, where all the Canaanites are. Um, he, he comes here and it's like, oh, wow, this is a familiar name. This is a familiar people. We mm -hmm. know that, oh, these people are cursed. Now let's read about what God's message to Abraham is. So let's read from verse seven. Uh, let's read seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. It says, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. After that, Abram traveled south and set up camp in in the hill country with Bethel to the west and uh, is it I? Yeah, I um to the east. Um, there he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord. Then Abram continued traveling south by stage toward the Negev. Mm, awesome, awesome, awesome. So Abraham, he comes to this land. And mm. what does it seem like he's doing here when he arrives? Like making a place. Yeah. He's laying down roots. Yeah. God has said to him, mm -hmm. this land is yours. Yeah, that's right. Yours and your descendants, the land of Canaan. Um, and so he starts, he builds an altar. Mm. He then travels around a little bit more, expanding his land and his capacity. Ultimately, he has come to the place in which... Uh, his descendants would live, you know, for future generations. Now, yeah. we call this area today Israel. Yeah. Uh, well, it was later called Israel, even mm. in ancient times, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but we call it today Israel as as well, or, you know, the Israeli-Palestinian area, this kind of place mm -hmm. um, is where Abraham ultimately landed. That was the land of the Canaanites. Now, it is promised to Abraham here in verse uh, sorry, in chapter 12 of the book of Genesis. And from this point forward, this area would go on to be one of the single most fought over areas anywhere in history. Wow. And that's why we see, you know, if we look at the land of Canaan today, uh, as we read about in the Bible, it's like it's called a land flowing with milk and honey. Mm. And if we actually go and do, you know, uh, 
geological and archaeological research in the area of this, you know, the land of the Canaanites in this place in the Middle East, um, we saw that it was previously actually a rainforest. Mm. It was really fertile and and green and all these things, but after 4,000 years of warring over this land, it's, you know, it's a desert now. Wow. So we saw that, see that unfortunately it's not a blessing to anyone today. Mm. Um, But, and, and it has continued to be fought over, but when, Abraham shows up to Canaan here. He sees Canaanites, people already inhabiting the land, and he is promised by God, okay, this is the land in which you'll be. This is where your descendants will be. Mm-hmm. This is the beginning of that promise, and it's a promise that the Jews hold on to even to this day, that we need to return to the land of Canaan because it was promised to to Abraham. Now, you know, if we look at the greater narrative of Scripture, we see that that right to the land of Canaan was taken away from the Jews because they rejected God. How did they reject God? They rejected Christ. Mm. Uh, and there's, you know, we could do a whole Daniel chapter nine Bible study on that. And it, and it makes it absolutely clear mm. uh, that fact that God's people would go on to reject the, him. And because he rejected, they rejected him. Uh, he would reject them. Mm. Unfortunately, you know, in terms of not, not in terms of being saved, but in terms of, or having the capacity to be saved uh, because many of the first Christians were Jews. But in terms of having a land where they would set down roots, it would ultimately be taken away from them because, and this is something we talked about yesterday. What do you think was the reason, Hannah, why the Israelites and specifically Abraham here was receiving this land? Mm. What do you reckon? How would that help him? You know, God has promised that through him, he would bless the whole world. How does receiving the land of the Canaanites enable him to do so? It's uh, it's it's an interesting thought. Like, mm. it's like, why why does he need land? And this is something we talked about yesterday, and I just want to kind of briefly go over why does he need land? Well, ultimately, um, God's people, Abraham and his descendants, the Israelites, were called to be the heralders of the coming Messiah. Yeah, they would need a nation to do so, and so God gives them one. Um, God establishes them as a nation. So not only can they bring forth the Messiah, but they would represent God as they're doing so. And they would herald to the whole world because we go on to learn that, you know, they would have sacrifices and ceremonies and all these different things. And they would all ultimately represent God. Now they needed a nation in which they could do that to represent God. Mm. And so God is giving them a land in which they can do so. Now, Abraham, he's rocked up to Canaan, he's there, he's spending time, and it's like, okay, so what, what does he do? Does he start building a town? Does he do some stuff? Let's read from verse 10. Do you want to read 10 to 12 for us? Yeah, it says, At that time, a severe famine stuck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram, Abram to go down to Egypt, where he lived as a foreigner. As he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abram said to his wife, Sarai, look, you are very beautiful women. Uh, when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Let's, um, let's kill him. Then he, we can uh, have her. You're only 13 as well. Um, so please tell them you are my sister. Then they will uh, spare my life and treat me well because of their interest in you. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, so Abram uh, goes to Egypt, 
That's right. He's already he's leaving already. Yeah, he he, <laughs> he just like he just got given the keys to his new home. Yeah, you know? and then he's like, oh, I'm gonna go to Egypt. Like, yeah, you know, he's just got given to the keys to his penthouse apartment here in Newcastle. Mm. Uh, well, maybe not. You know, it says that Canaan was struck with a famine, and Newcastle is is the true promised land. So <laughs> maybe he got he got given keys to somewhere out, you know, at the back of Burke, Western New South Wales, and then he's like, oh. You know, I'm going to go to Sydney. Mm. He's like, oh, wow, I, I've received this from God. I'm going to leave. Mm. Um, what's the reason that he leaves? Um, famine. He, there's a famine. Okay. Yeah. So they're struggling, lack mm. of food. And he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to leave and go to Egypt. Uh, we're going to have a song break coming up soon. And after we come back from the song break, we're going to be del- dwelling on whether this was the right decision. Whether Abraham was truly called to go here because we see him end up in a situation, as we've just read, that is incredibly interesting, um, where ultimately he tells his wife to say that he that, that the wife is his sister, sister so that he won't die. Mm. So oh, what would lead Abraham to do that? It kind of sounds a bit cowardice. It kind of sounds like lying as well. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show, and we have one last clue for the quiz. What is our last clue, Hannah? Yes, the last one is my sisters are Mary and Martha. Okay, this person has sisters. That's right, two sisters called Mary and Martha. Wow, okay, this is this is getting abundantly clear here, guys. So 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. And as we were saying earlier, if you do know the answer and you answer correctly, you can win our prize for today, which is the book Earthy Canvas Vegan Cookbook by Faye Kazzy. Uh, Dr. Kazzy just doing incredible work in giving us literally hundreds of recipes um, that we can use and cook and be healthy and tasty. That's awesome. Which is incredible. Um, and also, like... This is one of the most expensive prizes we have. So that's really? why, you know, we're doing it as a draw at the end of the week. So if you answer like most quizzes correctly, or maybe every single quiz mm-hmm. this week correct, mm-hmm. you'll have the most chance of winning oh. this book. So 0491-064-669 is the number to call. Guys, get in. And again, that question is, Hannah, can you read that last yes. question for us? My sisters are Mary and Martha. Awesome. 0491-064-669. Now let's get back into our Bible study. Mm-hmm. Abraham, he is uh, rocks up here in Egypt. That's right. Uh, famine, it says, has befallen the land of Canaan. Mm. And now he comes to Egypt. Yeah. And, you know, probably because there is a famine. Mm-hmm. How much stuff did Abraham, or oh, Abram, take with him from yeah. Earth? He took his wife uh-huh. and he took his nephew Lot mm-hmm. and then he took his livestock, like all of them. All right? the livestock. Mm. And who else? Oh. Who else? Mm-hmm. Uh, and all the people. His servants as well. Yeah, his servant. So as we as we laid out, this guy is wealthy. He has servants. Yeah. Probably to tend to, he probably has shepherds for his livestock, you know, yeah. servants for his house, these kinds mm. of things. Um, and he is supporting all of them. That's right. Um, and now he comes to a brand new land. They all travel together. They're like a small party of people who mm-hmm. are traveling across, yes. ready to establish a new nation in the yeah. land of Canaan. They come to Canaan and all of a sudden drought is there. Yes. Famine. They don't have enough food. Mm. They are, they are struggling. Now the question is, yeah. do you think it would have been God who told him to bring all these things? I think so. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. 
God would have indicated to him. There's mm. no clear indication in the Bible, but mm. God would have called him to leave Canaan with all these things. Yeah. I, I, so. I really believe so because mm. this was the beginning of the establishment of the nation of Israel. Mm. Um, and they had the ability because of, because of Abraham mm-hmm. um, to establish themselves as a group, you yeah. know, to be protected, all these different things. Mm. Do you think then if God had brought them out into Canaan to, you know, establish this new nation, um, you know, so that through Abraham, the whole world could be blessed. Do you think then he wouldn't support them even in time of famine? Of course he will. <laughs> of course he will, right? Yeah. God has called them to this. He's not going to leave Abram to die out in the desert. That's He's right. not going to leave Abram to die out in the mm. wilderness. Um, but, you know, and they're not even in the wilderness. They're not mm. even in the desert. They're in the land of Canaan. Now, yep. famine has befallen them probably because of drought. Mm. God wouldn't have left them. That's right. I even feel like even though he didn't, like he did not take all of the stuff God will still provide everything. That's right. right. Even if he took nothing. Yeah. God would have provided. Mm. But he gets out here. Famine befalls the land. Mm. He gets hungry. His servants get hungry. Yeah. His wife gets hungry. Yeah. His livestock gets hungry. Lot's probably hungry too. And it's like, okay, let's just go to Egypt. Yeah. Egypt looked more attractive. That's probably. right. Egypt looked good. Yeah. Uh, Egypt at this time was also an amazing metropolis, incredibly wealthy. Um, a, a place of abundance and mm. they head out to Egypt ultimately to be supported. Um, they, you know, ultimately because they're like, Oh, there's no food here. We're going to go to Egypt and, you know, we'll be supported. We'll be fine. There will be an abundance of water. Yeah. Abundance of water. Hey. Yeah. Because that's, that's the the reason why most famines happened yeah. in the ancient world is either because of extreme cold yes. or extreme drought. Mm, mm. Um, and in rare cases, extreme rain. But in their case, it's most likely, you know, they're facing drought. Yeah. There is no food. Yes. They've gone out to Egypt because, you know, abundance of water, mm. you know, it's a very wealthy and rich nation. Um, and they've gone out there purely for the purpose that they they didn't trust God. Abraham lacked that trust. He At this point, you know, he's just been called out. And we mm. would see at a number of points throughout his life, yeah. he would lack faith. Yeah. And he would struggle and he would make very bad decisions. And this is the first one. Yes. He has a lack of faith. He goes out to Egypt. Now, it's actually interesting. Mm. Uh, Egypt is used later in the Bible as a symbol of humanity. Um, It is used also as a symbol of the world. Um, Mm. Secularism, you know, uh, luxury, these kinds of things. We talked about Babel earlier. Yeah. um, Babylon. And, well, the Tower of Babel was kind of the the beginning of the nation of Babylon that would spawn from there. And this is a, a symbol that is used throughout the Bible to describe religious confusion. Yeah, um, right. A place that is, yeah, a religious counter to God. Mm-hmm. But Egypt is used from this point as a symbol in the Bible to represent an area or a place or a thing or whatever it may be um, that is worldly. Um, yes. And it's interesting. Mm. Abram, instead of having faith in God, God. he has faith in the world human yeah yeah i like how um the sub school was saying that um egypt became a symbol of human trusting in human rather than in god mm. in egypt where water could be seen on a daily basis faith was not necessary mm. you know like when we see like um actual like like actual thing like we we didn't they didn't need the faith to trust in god mm. but yeah it was contrary to what God was leading. I that's guess. right. Yeah, mm. definitely. It was. Con- that's like the perfect way to say it, it was mm. contrary to the way that God was leading. And because he went that direction, 
he would later get into a lot of strife. Now, we just read the story. He rocks up to Egypt um, and, you know, he's there with, you know, he's a wealthy guy himself. Yeah. He has his servants. He has his livestock, these kinds of things. Um, but he has a wife. Mm. His wife is also old. Like yeah, him. That, that is true. And that he's like, she she must be the best looking, you know, seventy <laughs> five year old on earth. Yeah, she it's that she was very beautiful. Okay. So. so even beautiful to the point where he's scared for his life. Wow. Um but he makes a like again it's after the initial decision to go to Egypt, he just starts going down and down and down and down. Um, because from here he says, okay, wife, pretend you're my sister so that mm. I don't die. Now, Hannah, <laughs> I want to ask you a question. Um, if you had a husband mm-hmm. who treated you this way, mm. who said, hey, we're in this area, act like my sister so that I won't die, oh. would you be pleased <laughs> in that situation? Well, I'll be offended. Like, I am your <laughs> wife, yeah. not sister. That's <laughs> right. You know. This is so cowardly. Mm. I think any woman in, in this position yeah. would be like, hey, defend me. Yeah. Like, come on. Especially, hey, you've got God on your side. That like, is true. do you think God <laughs> won't help you out? Defend oh. me. Like, you're my husband. You're Ooh, my that is husband. So true. And yeah, so in this position, like, Abraham has dropped the, Abram has mm. dropped the ball big time. That's right. And like, this is a lie as well. Like, yeah. Big like big lie. So he's lying too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's lying and he's making things up and he's disrespecting his wife yeah. to ultimately get out of this situation of mm. potentially harm befalling him. Again, self-reliance, trusting on self. He that could have trusted true. in God. Yeah. But because he's like he came up with an earthly scheme to be able to protect yeah, himself. Yeah, kind of like a manipulative situation. Hey, like, oh, I'll try to make the situation all right. Mm, no, well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He he's gonna scheme his way mm. through this situation, and and it's unfortunate. Now we we're gonna we we've run out of time for our Bible study today. Um, so tomorrow we are going to get into what is the result of this lie and and what happens and how actually God works all things for good because it's actually worked out in a good way for Abraham. Uh, but unfortunately, we see him drop the ball in his faith. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back to Faith FM. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And just before we get into our question of the day, we uh, have a few text messages here to answer. Just quickly, God provided for 2 million people in the 40 years in the wilderness. Yes, he would have provided for Abraham. He never uh, he never asked God if he should have gone to Egypt. He was ultimately saving himself. Mm. And I totally agree. And then we have a bit of a challenge here, Hannah. Wasn't Sarah the half-sister to Abraham? Oh. And the the answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, and then so people would say, so he's not telling a lie. No, the lie was in the fact that he didn't tell them that it was his wife. Mm, that is true. Like he said, oh, this is my sister, mm. not this is my wife. Um, it, it, like, yes. Like, so he's telling a half truth, but he's, oh. he's, he's lying. Like he's, that is, yeah. Is, is he doing something like for, you know, malicious intent Hmm. um well i don't know if you could say malicious but just cowardly intent like Hmm. he's just trying to save himself so he tells the people he doesn't disclose the fact 
that uh, he was not honest. Yeah, he wasn't honest. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be covering the result of that tomorrow. But right now, it is time for question of the day. And Hannah, what is our question this morning? Yes, the question today is coming from um, Exodus thirty-four, verse seven. Mm-hmm. The question is, what is the iniquity of the fathers in Exodus thirty-four, verse seven? Okay, the mm-hmm. iniquities of the fathers. Now, let's um, read this verse. I think that's the best place to start in mm-hmm. Exodus chapter thirty-four and verse seven. The Bible says. Keeping for thousands, forgiving and keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sins, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Now, where people come a little bit unstuck, where the question really is, is this idea of the iniquities of the fathers upon the children. And the question is, does God punish the children of people? For the sins of the parents. Good question. Does 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 God punish children for the sins of parents? And is mm. that what God is saying here? Like He'll show mercy to thousands, but if you sin, then all your descendants are judged as sinners, and they will all be lost and destroyed and cursed. Mm. Is that the big question? Uh, well, that is the question, and is that what is taking place? Um, and I would say no. Incorrect. Uh, in context, like the, the previous two chapters, uh, and particularly two chapters ago in Exodus chapter 30, uh, 32, we're reading Exodus 34. In Exodus 32, um, the children of Israel go off the rails big time, um, and they worship a golden cow. Uh, and while Moses is up on Mount Sinai talking to God, getting instruction from him, the people just go into total and utter idolatry, mm. the entire nation of Israel, a nation who at that time had already received the Ten Commandments in which this this idea and this command was given, that God would visit the iniquity of the ch- from the fathers upon the children. Mm-hmm. Um, this command is already given. Then they go and worship a golden cow. They practice heavy idolatry uh, to the point where, like, some biblical scholars in seeing the translation, they're like, you know, they, they would have been practicing all kinds of terrible things. Uh, they're dancing and having sex and yeah. all these kinds of things around a golden cow, mm-hmm. practicing terrible idolatry. Now, how this sin is, you know, it, well, this is what takes place. And then God gives, you know, these words again. And the, the thought is, okay, so then are the rest of the generation of Israel guilty for Israel's idolatry? And I would say yes, if they also practice idolatry. Mm-hmm. Because this is the thing. Um, if Israel practices idolatry mm-hmm. rather than following God, yeah. as a people who are called specifically to pro- follow God, they then create the influence or they, they, they influence the rest of their generations mm. to also practice idolatry. Mm. So God doesn't like punish children for their, for their parents' sin, but the result of wrong action or wrong, um, yeah, wrong behavior have their natural effect on their children. That's right. That right. Because, like, if I see my dad doing something as a child, well, then I also want to do or practice that, that is thing. True. Now, we have the ability to know better, to learn, and mm-hmm. to change, mm-hmm. and we see people do that all the time yeah. in the Bible and in life. But this great sin that Israel had committed by practicing idolatry would influence the rest of their children to do so. That's right. 
And so that's why God would visit their iniquity because they are also practicing the sins of their fathers. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM. Guys, we've come to the end of the show. Already? Yeah, but that's not the end of this day. We have amazing programming coming up on Faith FM. And also, we just... We have the rest of the day to live. That's right. Amen. <laughs> we have amazing things to do. You know, in our life, uh, Hannah, we're, we're going to go to the Newcastle University, right. meet up with people, give Bible studies, mm. these kinds of things. So we have a lot to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we end the show, we're going to do two things. We're going to give people the answer to the quiz. So yes. what was today's answer? It was Lazarus. That's right. Lazarus, mm. the guy who Jesus raised from the dead. That's so right. So if you got that answer correct, great job. Your name will be put into the draw to win our amazing earthy vegan cookbook. Yay! Uh, but before we do that, we're going to have a free giveaway just for today. And oh, what is it? It is the End Time Living by Mark Finley. Yes, End mm. Time Living by Mark Finley. Yeah, talking, like, obviously talking about end time, but, like, you know, asking the question, how can we um, live the life, like, in the future? So, mm. yeah, that's a good book. That's right. We are a people who are awaiting Jesus' return, and we mm. believe that's going to happen very soon. And yes. if it is happening very soon, well, then what should we do? Mm. How do we live right now? How do we follow God right now? Yes. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. If you call that number and you're the first caller through, you will get get this book. So, guys, race to the phones. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. Hannah, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Oh, thank you for having me. I was so blessed to be here. We also had DJ Maureen as well, answering text messages and calls. Fantastic job. But guys, have an amazing day. Spend time with Jesus. And remember to talk faith, live faith, and act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ.